Today, the Federal Reserve begins its two-day policy meeting, and tomorrow it will announce whether or not it's going to hike its benchmark rates and all the money alternatives that it has. And honestly, who cares? It's already been overtaken by events, overshadowed by developments in the marketplace today, as well as a whole bunch of data that point toward an emerging doom feedback loop. The very 2008 style scenario we've been warning about and been warned about by the marketplace all this time. A whole bunch of stuff. We've got bank stocks that are falling up, massive amounts of hedging going on in the marketplace, uh, SOFR futures, the German curve, the US Treasury curve. We've got data on the US labor market. We've got data on the US factory sector. We've got German retail trade, trade that just absolutely crashed. We've got European bank lending and the European Bank Lending Standards Survey, all of which show a credit crunch. Basically, everything that we could possibly say that is consistent with these, this doom feedback loop of the 2008 style scenario, all of it is just showing up today, which happens to be the first day the Federal Reserve is meeting. So as I said, whether they hike rates or not, it absolutely does not matter anymore. What only matters is how long it'll take before they capitulate and figure out what's actually going on. What's actually going on, as I said, this doom feedback loop is where we have the bad economy, which causes enormous problems and uncertainty in the banking system that is already troubled to begin with. The banking system then reacts, uh, the lessons of Bear Stearns begins de-risking, pulling back in credit, making the economy worse, making us suspect the banking system that much more, and it just goes round and round and round. And the only way that policymakers have to try to interrupt that is by continually telling the public, just trust us. Everything is fine. We're more worried about inflation in the real economy than we are even a really a recession. We're more, we're more confident about the banking system than ever, even though we continue to see trouble in it. By we, I mean the public. They can tell us to trust us until they're blue in the face. We can tell that there's something else going on here besides just a couple regional banks in the United States. It's all of these things together and all of those things that just happened to hit all at once just today. So there's a lot for us to go over this doom feedback loop, the 2008 style scenario showing up all across the world. But first, I'm Jeff, this is Yorvidal University. I do thank you for joining me. If you're interested, Going a step further, we have memberships available at the Eurodollar University website, which is eurodollar.university. Exclusive videos and content where we talk about the monetary system, which is the Eurodollar system, not the Federal Reserve. I also have research subscriptions, a daily briefing I do in partnership with marketsinsiderpro.com. That's a bundle with Tracy Shukart and Stephen Van Meter. Good stuff there as well as a daily deep dive analysis where every day we dive deep into something that's either money or macro or curves, history, background, what's going on and what it means for tomorrow. All the information on all of those at eurodollar.university. We have to start with the banking sector because bank stocks are falling again. After yesterday seemed like Okay, everything was fine. First Republic finally failed. FDIC steps in. JP Morgan buys up most of the assets. Everything's great. But today, very different story. Where there was, there was calm in the marketplace yesterday, there is no calm today. And one reason why, because the economy looks horrible. It looks like it had really fell and really hit a wall in March. It was already weak to begin with, already 
questionably in recession going back to last fall. But whether or not there's a, I mean, the questions are beginning to be answered by a whole lot of stuff, not just in the U.S. I mean, we talked about yesterday, China's PMIs, which showed that whatever there was of reopening, it might not have survived March and April either. So there's this global sense of doom that is showing up in all the categories, banking, money, and economy, all the worst possible combinations, which of course is exactly what we've been warned about. And yesterday, Jamie Dimon, after taking over most of First Republic's assets said, you know, I don't have a crystal ball. No crystal ball is perfect, but yes, I think the banking system is very stable. In other words, we've got this covered. It's great for JP Morgan, but the banking system, First Republic was an outlier. Silicon Valley Bank was an outlier. Signature Bank was an outlier. Credit Suisse was an outlier. And now we've got, we've got Pacific West and Western Alliance Bank shares are dropping. We've got US Bank Corp, Zion, and a bunch of others that aren't faring so well either. All outliers is what they're what we're being told when we can see that the word outlier is being used in a way that it doesn't actually mean. What it actually means is they're intending you to just stop asking questions, stop worrying about all of these things, and just just it's just accept that they've got everything covered when we can see that they don't. In fact, just last week, Moody's Analytics came out and downgraded 11 bank shares and bank stocks and said, a deterioration in the operating environment and funding conditions is the reason why they were downgrading these bank stocks. And it's the bank stocks that, you know, U.S. Bank Corp, Comerica, Washington Federal, Bank of Hawaii. In other words, the U.S. regional sector that seems to be suffering from more than just what Silicon Valley Bank and First Republic were, which was what we were told was just rapid deposit growth that they didn't didn't manage their interest rate and liquidity risk. It's all about the Federal Reserve's rate hike. It's all about uninsured deposits and all of that kind of stuff. But when Moody's, Moody's downgraded these bank stocks, um, the New York Times wrote an article about it, which included this little nugget in it. Cleveland-based Key Bank, one of the nation's largest commercial real estate services, has seen what Christopher Gorman, the chief bank executive, described as a, quote, huge surge in demand for special servicing, the process for handling troubled loans. Office projects have recently eclipsed retail buildings as the biggest category of loans in special servicing, Mr. Gorman says. Yes, commercial real estate, it's starting to spread. And this is where the doom feedback loop really comes in. Because commercial real estate, as the name already implies, is highly sensitive to conditions in the commercial economy. So if the economy continues to get worse and commercial real estate is already sort of questionable to begin with, what happens in commercial real estate? And who is exposed to commercial real estate lending and lending products like CLOs? Well, of course, regional banks are, but the whole banking system is too especially considering how many CLOs are out there and have been packaged over the last couple of years into the same sort of securitization structures used as collateral that had been used in subprime mortgages 15 years ago. I'm not making the same comparison. I'm not saying it's all about subprime mortgages or the same thing again. What I'm saying is the pattern is repeating and it has a lot to do with unanswered questions about the real state of the banking system. This is not about interest rate hikes. This is not about paper losses on US treasuries that are money good. We're starting to get the doom feedback loop, which is 
weak economy raising questions about other things that are sensitive to the economy. And of course, with the liquidity environment being as bad as it is, it creates this dangerous toxic mix, where as Moody said, deterioration in the operating environment and funding conditions. And that will only lead to more problems in the real economy, more problems in the banking system, more problems in the real economy, more problems in the banking system. All the while, Jamie Dimon and Jay Powell will say, trust us, inflation is the biggest risk. In the real economy, we got the JOLTS data today, job openings and labor turnover survey. Um, job openings, which have been ridiculously, absurdly high, are no longer as ridiculously and absurdly high. They've begun to fall off rather precipitously. In the month of March 2023, the BLS says that job openings, by their numbers, which are way too high, fell to 9.5 million, 9.59 million from 9.97 million in February. And these were 11.23 million back in December. So nearly a 2 million drop in just three months. And those happen to be the first three months of this year with a bigger drop in March. Wonder what, what April's gonna look like. So we have, again, the weak economy heading into it. Forget about the level of job openings. It's the direction that matters here, that, they're, that the best look, the most charitable, char charitable picture of the labor market suddenly has become a whole lot less rosy. That's the takeaway here. Uh, according to JOLTS 2, the quits number, 3.8 million. So workers themselves seem to be getting less optimistic of their own situation. Um, hires were, was flat at 6.1 million for the second straight month. So hiring has softened too. And layoffs and discharges moved to 1.8 million, which was the highest since December of 2020. So moving modestly upward, with jobless claims that all of which confirms that the labor market has already softened even before we get to the full fallout from full fallout full fallout full fallout from the march banking events that spilled over into april and continue to go on everywhere else we also got factory orders data for the united states um, the headline rose 0.9 percent month over month but that was basically because of boeing and that was after falling by a combined three percent in january and february so just a modest increase all of it in transportation excluding transportation u.s factory orders was down 0.72 percent for the second straight month mathematical quirk there so big declines in factory orders over the last couple months these are for March 2. Consumer goods was the real big mover here, down 1.5% in March after being down 1.5% in February, or 1.6% in February. Since last June, when factory orders had peaked, consumer goods, orders for consumer goods down 6.7%. So again, we've got a weak economy that appears to be accelerating on the downside into March and April. Um, and that peak in factory orders just not coincidentally coincides with the top in consumer prices. So as orders on goods have come down, so has the rate of increase in consumer prices because this is all about demand, not the Federal Reserve. The big one, I think the big one today, looking over at Europe, your retail trade in Germany, those were expected to rebound after a rather sharp decline in February, although the, the decline in February was revised up a little bit, so it's not as bad of a rebound, a bad of contraction in February. But analysts were thinking that in March, 
Retail trade would go up again because it kind of goes back and forth, even though lower over time. Instead, the German government said actual retail sales in March down 2.4%. 2.4% just in March. And these are adjusted for prices. Uh, but even nominal spending in Germany fell 1.3% in the month of March. So fallout from Credit Suisse, it just might be. Um, on annual terms, retail sales in, Ger in Germany were down 8.6% when you adjust for prices and were basically flat, but down 0.2% in nominal terms. So what that meant was over the last year compared to last March, the German people, German consumers, spent about the same amount in euros to get almost 9% less stuff. Again, that's why we're having a recession. That's where this demand destruction comes from. That's what's leading to eventually question, this doom feedback loop where you have to question what banks have been doing over the last couple of years for this type of negative process, demand destruction. And even though that's Germany, you think, well, what does that have to do with the U.S. or anywhere else? Germany tends to be a bellwether. Europe tends to be a little bit further along in its destructive path. It's a little bit further along into the recession. And even though the German government came out in, I think it was February, and said, we're going to avoid recession entirely, data since then has shown that it has the situation in Germany has grown much worse, the situation really across Europe, even though consumer and commercial sentiment have improved, as price pressures have gone down. Because price pressures have gone down because demand has, because the economy has. And as the economy goes down, the banking system looks very different, even though it was, just, even though it was pretty questionable to begin with. And of course, that brings us to European lending and bank, the potential for a credit crunch and a problem in European banks. According to um, the uh, ECB, Total loans, which had peaked back in November, have been flat to lower ever since. Again, even despite, despite the fact that consumer sentiment, commercial sentiment has gone higher, official mouthpieces continue to tell us that the European, German economy, everybody's fine. They've, they avoided the catastrophe that everybody feared last year, so everything is great. Instead, it looks more and more like the, the damage was already done by the time it got to September and October. Indeed, that's what the markets were telling us. That's what the, the dollar shortage fireworks were in September and October. European loans to non-financial corporations, basically business lending, that's also down since October. So the credit crunch has already been developing. Uh, loans to households, which had been one source of consistent lending, those have been slowing way down since September. The annual increase was 2.98% in the month of March. Uh, on a six-month basis, it was 0.5%, which is the weakest since 2015. The ECB also released the results of its bank lending survey for the first quarter, which was conducted between March 22nd and April 6th, so after Credit Suisse. In fact, really the immediate aftermath of Credit Suisse, which in one sense, that's good. It was at least incorporating everything that happened in March, but not enough to really get a good sense or the best sense of how banks are actually responding, especially considering the repeated problems in the monetary system into April. But either way, this is what the ECB survey said. Euro area banks tightened further substantially 
their credit standards for loans or credit lines to enterprises in the first quarter of 2023. The percentage of banks reporting a tightening of credit standards was substantially larger than the percentage of banks reporting an easing, the net of 27%. That's on top of a net 27% in the fourth quarter of 2022. The net tightening in credit standards was stronger than banks had expected in the previous quarter and points to a persistent weakening of loan dynamics because banks like economists, like governments had expected that when electricity prices peaked last September, the European economy would be heading toward recovery by now. Market moves today. We've got the yield curve following the two-year U.S. Treasury, which is back under 4% again. Big, huge moves. Three-month SOFR futures. Sorry, not Eurodollar futures, but three-month SOFR futures. We've got, as I mentioned back in March, it was rare to see Eurodollar futures or now SOFR futures move by 20 basis points in any single day. Here we are in May 2nd, and we've got 20 basis point moves in three months SOFR futures from the September 2023 contract on into the 2025s. Many of them are well above 20 basis points. Uh, some of them have gotten up to around 25, 26 basis points and moves. So huge hedging today. But note where it's being hedged. It's being hedged in that September 2023 and on. So what the market is saying is that we're, we're really sure of what's going to happen down the road, not that far down the road, even if we're not really sure what the Federal Reserve is going to do today and tomorrow, because ultimately it does not matter. The market is pricing the same such situation because Everything that has happened over the last several months, really going back to last year, is pointing in the direction where markets had been forecasting. And the data today, bank stocks falling, U.S. labor market weakening, factory orders continue, forward-looking factory orders continue to fall, German retail sales, which absolutely crashed, and a European credit crunch that is continuing to develop. All of it, 2008-style scenario, exactly what the markets have been expecting. I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. As always, huge thank you, Eurodollar University members, all our research subscribers, both Eurodollar University and MarketsInsiderPro.com. And until next time, take care.